You are listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review Podcast. We find little nuggets, treasures, valuable pieces of gold in the Joe Rogan Experience Podcast and pass them on to you, perhaps expand a little bit. We are not associated with Joe Rogan in any way. Think of us as the talking dead to Joe's walking dead. Enjoy the show. Podcast. You're listening to the Joe Rogan Experience Review. What a bizarre thing we've created. Now with your host. Adam Thorne. This might either be the worst podcast or the best one of all time. One, go. Enjoy the show. Hey guys, and welcome to another episode of the JRE Review. Hmm, big week. Joined as always by my sidekick, Garen. What's up, guys? How we doing? Big week, big week. So we got Doug Stanhope, legend. Tony Hinchcliffe, equally as legendary. And then Radio Raheem. Right. Before we get started, though, anything going on in the world that uh, I should I, know about that I probably uh, don't? I don't know that much about stock market and inflation and whatnot, but the past few days I know have been incredibly down, and my account has taken a huge hit. I think it's down 75%. All these crypto things, it seems like the bottom's just falling out. Like... What are your thoughts on that? I don't know too much about crypto, but I, my one buddy, we were just at the gym today and we're having a chat and he's like, thank God you didn't get invested with that node situation because apparently like the mining and whatnot, he was in for like, I don't know, I want to say between 10 and 15. And then he's like, it's gone basically. Like it's bottomed out. I don't know about bottomed out, but real, real close. <laughs> so. Wait, what? What's the node? Uh, he tried to explain it to me. That apparently, these like cryptocurrencies. I I don't want to speak like I know. I have a whole lot of information, but there's a way to mine. Apparently, and it's like I think it's more or less they're mining your data because the way he described, you just have to uh. like check in and like like a thing, and then it would like break down where you were at a certain time of day. I thought it sounded really intrusive, but at the end of the day, I think they can hunt that information down regardless. But it was an interesting thing. He called it mining, so I'm assuming that's what it's uh, that would that would be my frame of reference. They're mining your data. Oh, uh, yeah, I've heard of that. I think it's like a way to make more Bitcoin right. somehow. Yeah. You like mine your own, and it, you use computers right. for it. Yeah, a buddy of mine that I went on the boat with today um, was saying that. Um, yeah, he's lost like half his crypto money or something and he's like well i'm not worried about it i'll just kind of leave it and see what's going on it seems my, like a lot of something. i agree my brother brought up a good point the other day i mean he's not stressing because i think when you put money in the stock market you need to realize it's a gamble anyway so <laughs> this idea that it's not at least that's how i perceive it and that's how i look at it like if i'm willing to bet it then it's willing to be out of my account i'm not going to base my sole interest on that but the idea <laughs> i don't know um where was I going with that thought? I'm sorry. It doesn't seem good, right. though, to, like, lose. Because here's the thing. They always say, oh, over time it goes up and you'll make more money. You know, you're, overall you'll be right. over. But my issue always is, well, but you never know when you want to pull that money out. Right. It only works if you're like, I won't touch it until I'm exactly 70, and hopefully that's not when it all collapses right. again. I think there's something to be said. I was going there. I just figured out my frame of thought, but it was you something tangible. There's not a whole lot of like history on Bitcoin at this time, so it seems like you're investing in something and hoping for something, but you don't really know because you don't have a frame of reference to see what happens. You know? Yeah, 
I mean, well, good luck to him. Hopefully it <laughs> right. comes back because it sounds sounds like a lot of people are going to lose a shit ton of money if that right. shit collapses. Yeah. I don't know how that how that works. It seems I mean a lot of people say double down too when it's this that all the investors at this point would say you need to buy more. I would think because that's well because they're probably <laughs> they want you to do that so their crappy right. investments come back yeah, to I life. Guess. I mean imagine being one of those guys that has like twenty million in Bitcoin and you think you're just pulling out of control and today you wake up and it's eight million. Now yeah. You still have eight million. You're doing fine, but knowing that it was that much more, like a few days before, right. I mean, just the idea that you could lose like twelve million dollars in a week, right. and <laughs> nah, I don't <laughs> know, man. That sounds. I'm not much of a gambler anyway, so I don't like to do it in any that direction. Was a weird pill to swallow too, because you don't. That's the thing. The highs are high and the lows are lows. The thing about the stock market is it's. I don't know. All the guys invested are just looking for zeros. Not no, no criticism, but like the fulfillment of that. It seems like a weird thing. They're just trying to find angles all the time, and businesses are just trying to navigate. You know, I don't know. Well, they look, man. They say they say you got to make your money work for you, and that's what people are doing when I, they do that. That's, so that's what they've heard. They're doing their best to do that. They're, and, they're rich as hell. A lot and, of them. I agree. Yeah. I don't know. It just makes me want to hide money under my mattress every time I hear about things right. collapsing. I'm like, nah. It's w- All right, let's jump over to uh, Doug and see what he's up to. I mean, they they start off talking about the Roe versus Wade shit, which, like, I don't know all the ins and outs. Like, I don't think it's passed, but it looks like the Supreme Court is going to pass something to make that abortion illegal again and most places or if it, it it's up to right. the state More, right yeah, that's what's i think that's the i think i just heard kamala harris say that on a little tidbit today that that is the case it's, it's so weird how they navigate through this and how the right has to be the right and the left has to be the left it just it, we just find these different issues that have to separate us it's so interesting you just have to pick a team too because it's like if you're <laughs> I mean, you already know. It's like if you're on the right, you're on the right. If you're on the left, you have to believe a certain way. So it's just like in this situation, this is like an unprecedented kind of human situation. I don't know how to perceive it, you know? I think the way Joe, Joe, well, Joe I just, breaks it down, sorry to interrupt, it just makes sense. It's like kind of dictated on the circumstance and how long the baby's been in the womb. That kind of, I don't know. I don't know where to comment or what to comment. The idea that anybody has anything to say about your body kind of falls in line with that vaccine thing too right yeah just to, to some degree i mean um i it's interesting with like certain laws when you look at being progressive right and we move into the future and we don't do things like we did in the past at some point you just kind of expect things to stay that way it's like Oh, we sorted that out. That's no longer an issue that we tackle. But it turns out it's not really true. It's like we can go back to any way of living. I mean, obviously, we still have all our technology and we still live in, you know, whatever time it is, right? It could be 2030. But some kind of, I mean, is it out of the realm of possibility that one day they could have like separate drinking fountains again? (laughs) 
it's a, that, that idea you think, well, no, we, that will never happen again. We work through that, and that's not where it is. But it seems like some things can get changed so far back, and yeah, man. I don't know, man. It seems like we're so progressive in so many areas, and technology is not, I don't want to say arbitrary, but I'm trying to think in more like human thoughts that we're a little bit more mindful, and at least we're more caring, hopefully. But this, I, I mean, it seems like it gets lost in the shuffle when it comes to that. You know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, that one's uh, yeah, above I, my pay grade, man. But I don't like the right, sound of I, it. I mean, to me, it doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. I just think of these, like, poor women that will be forced to, like, not... I mean, how many... Fa- make their own choice. children do you know? How many... I, I, yeah, I... People are in different circumstances. I do have a, I don't want to say a problem, but I do think that Joe raises a good point when he starts talking about late-term abortions because there's a difference between like a group of cells and then something with a heartbeat. Like I can get, I, I can kind of see that angle, you know? So it's, at the end of the day, it, it, if you really, you got to stick to your bones, I think kind of in this, I don't, it seems liberal, but I talked to Alicia about it too. She's like, I just don't see why, and this is across the board, the government should be able to intervene with anything that you want to do with your body, period. Like, you can't draw the line anywhere. And I think that that's kind of falls in line about, they're talking about all drugs being legal too. I'm kind of on board with a lot of the libertarian ideas, to be honest. Like, there's not a... It, it, it yeah, may, I, I definitely fold more on that side of things, I would, I would imagine. I mean... For sure. It would suck to have a, like, eight-month-old baby that you just were delaying or couldn't find financial. I mean, that's got to be a psychological mess up in your brain, too, like, to do both acts, you know? I, I don't know. That's, that's, that's a tough pill, but... Well, some countries have a thing called assisted suicide, where if, you know, under certain conditions, I don't think you can just go in being super healthy and be like, yeah, I want to kill myself. But, you know, if you're terminally ill or disabled or just really struggling with different illnesses, like there's, a, I know a few countries in Europe, at least, that will allow you to do that. And they don't let you do that here. Um, I'm pretty sure they don't have it in England either. But um, I kind of feel like that should be a thing. I mean, like, if you're suffering, man. I, it's your I mean, choice, right? It's your body. It's your choice. And with that, if they can help you prepare for it so that it's not super brutal for your family and, you know, that kind of thing. I don't I mean, know. I, I don't know. I, I, with that same analogy, I was I was going to try and deflect or say something like that was trying to not agree with you somehow, but I think about the people that keep their dogs alive till they're 18 years old and are injecting three and four shots into them and they're blind and they're running into them. It's like, are you doing that for you or are you doing that for them? Because I don't want any being to suffer. So if I feel like if you're suffering... You should have the opportunity to decide, hey, I just want to end this suffering and I want to do it in a responsible way, in a caring way. And maybe, I mean, it seems like if you were to seek that out, <sighs> I don't know, man. It's, it's kind of like falls in line with that other discuss the same exact discussion. It's kind of a. Well, you can you can put your animals through like long term chemotherapy <laughs> if they get cancers, and that's that pretty painful seems... and brutal. And it's like, yeah, they get to live a bit longer, but always, yeah, it's not it's really like, cool. If you is really it? Really love something, you gotta just be willing to not let it suffer. That's how I always see it. Like you got If you're always intention is the best intention for the other human or the other animal or 
whatever the being is, then I think you're coming from a place of grace. So, yeah, I'm know. with you. I agree. They, uh, the, Doug and Joe. What's cool when you get those two together is like they often talk about their early days of stand up, and it's hard to even really think. Like you see either of these guys live. They're so polished and they've done it for so long that it's almost impossible to imagine a time when they couldn't do this at all. But of course, they at first, when they started comedy, they couldn't. Everything was brutal. And they talk about some of their road gigs that they had to do. <laughs> and Doug brought up having to go to Great Falls, Montana, which is like a tiny little town, um, you know, that's like, I think, like four hours from Bozeman. Uh, and having to look, I just can't imagine like having to travel between all the cities here, like doing these gigs for like 50 bucks, get to some place. And I mean, I, you know, I know what a lot of the bars and places look like here in these different towns. So they're, they're not ideal spots to perform in. And I couldn't imagine that most of the people going in there, you know, 30 years ago, whenever Doug was performing, were like all that stoked. Right that some guy was doing comedy that right. night. It must have just been so what, brutal. Yeah, so that would have made him, what, like 20, between 20 and 25, I imagine. Yeah, just a young dude. Probably about young that, dude yeah. Young Bozeman. <laughs> or, I mean, just... just yeah, just, no one's <laughs> listening to that. Not wearing a cowboy hat. It's like, what, who the fuck is this guy? Get out of here. Dude, that guy, he's definitely one of a one, of one for sure. Living oh, yeah. Dude, he gave his address out on the pod. <laughs> what a lunatic. <laughs> It's to, and he's like, you can already Google it. It's like, don't tell him that either. <laughs> I mean, to that point, and, and just to his personality, like when they were, Joe was saying, he he just called him a spade a spade. He's like, you drink every day, you smoke every day, but you're relatively healthy for what it's worth. I think that the stress level, who knows? I think he's over the anxiety and whatnot. Who knows? But he seems to be riding it pretty well. Like for what it's like, him and John Daly are the two poster boys, and I'm <laughs> like are the two poster boys. And I mean Warren Buffett to that extent. You know, like there's a lot to be said about what stress causes on the body. It's like stress free life. I don't know. Who knows? But he he also said he doesn't like to go to doctors, which I agree with. And he also said I'm just gonna let this machine go till it breaks. So. <laughs> Well, listen, he says that now, but you wait till some really funky things start happening with his body. I'm sure he's going to the doctor then. Right. And it's easy to say, yeah, he's doing fine, but that's because he hasn't gone in for any sort of right. checkup. And I bet there's part of a reason why he doesn't. Supposedly he has like two hernias he hasn't Yikes. fixed. I'm kind of in a, yeah, Yikes. I'm in a weird spot. I think I mentioned it last week with my wrist too. It's kind of coming to a point where. I'm just being an idiot now. I gotta go get an X-ray. I think I'm gonna seek out some Gavin Newsom insurance here. Oh, you did what? What did you I do? You jammed up, jerking off. A really hard jerk session. I don't know. It was rough. No, I just jammed it. I don't know how I did it. I was at the gym. Oh, but and how long has it been it's bad been for? Bad for about a good six, seven weeks now. So I mean, not bad. Like the pain is manageable. That's the problem. But I, I just haven't taken any time off. Being a bullheaded david goggins idiot so it's probably on me i'll own that but yeah go get that checked yeah, out dude fair enough. come on go go have fair it looked enough. at obamacare mm-hmm. that's what you need it's all you right out mm-hmm. oh and, and uh, along with that joe talks about the three stages of comedy 
And I think it took a while for him to get that out because I wasn't even sure what the three stages were. I did write them down, though. Shoot, where did I put that? Oh, yeah, number one, um, do anything you can to get a laugh. Like, that's that's really all you can think about when you first start is just try and get a chuckle. It doesn't matter how you do it. Even if you have to dance like a buffoon, like, just get oh, a yeah. laugh. Because if you're not getting those early in comedy, you're not going right. to come back. You're just going to bomb too much. And then he said, number two, do what makes you laugh and what are your ideas. Mm -hmm. So that's kind of important. Like, that's that's where you're putting a little bit of you into the comedy. Like, what gets you. And I don't really uh, remember what the last one was. I don't remember him ever thinking that you wanted to think (laughs) or, or mentioning that as far as, like, saying think what somebody else would think was funny because that wouldn't be the case but well i mean you know it's practice too like uh, that's why once you get to the stage two of that you know you've really got to practice a lot because obviously what you find funny is not necessarily what other people find funny so you just keep working it oh i think the third one was actually the ideas you take things oh, that yeah, you think are interesting right, right. and turn that into that's a joke. It. That's the progression. That's the progression. You know? I mean, that makes sense. That is a good three-step process. If you can diagnose it and starting out. That, uh. Well, but it it's important to kind of separate that with somewhat of a timeline, though, too, I would say, because if somebody gave you those three rules and you started formulating ideas that incorporated all of them early on, you'd probably be way over that's your head. Point. Like that would, yeah, that would probably be too much be to do. Yeah. Oh, the D, the DMT story with Doug <laughs> was rough. <laughs> yeah, he had a. That was a hell of a trip for him. Yeah. Uh, Can you imagine? I cannot. Uh, uh, he wakes up and he's saying, "Life eats oh, life," right. and we've already <laughs> we've already been here. Like <laughs> when he God. said that, I I I had a similar experience not life eats like that's kind of enlightening to be honest at the end of the day but i had a similar experience i did that i did salvia one time are you familiar with that have you ever heard of that mm-hmm. oh my god bro i took like a, the smallest little bong rip i'll never forget i like i took it and just laid back on the bed and i remember feeling like super euphoric but also i lost touch with like anything i knew like i didn't even know like what a hand was or like any sense of reality I ever had. I was like, oh my, and then I remember there being a brief second where I was like, oh God, I hope this isn't the end. I come back and then like I opened my eyes and I came up and I came to and I was like, I get it now. And they have it like all on tape and this all happens within like one minute span, like a 60 second span. And I'm, no shit. <laughs> so when he said that, that kind of resonated with me. I was like, I kind of understand it. There's like this clarity of a moment that happens sometimes when you do some wild shit that can't really be recreated with just normal life, to be honest. <laughs> Damn. Yeah, that one sounds weird. I don't <laughs> want to try that one ever. I, I have no desire. I have no Me. desire, to be honest with you. is like I lost everything. When I say everything, like I didn't even know what a body was. I didn't know what breathing was. I didn't know. I didn't know anything. But somehow I was conscious still. So it was like. That, that sounds terrifying. <laughs> it was legitimately terrifying. Like, you. Every, yeah, every single yeah. thing you know. People do that for fun. Can you believe that shit? You've seen those salvia tapes where those kids like jump out of the window and stuff. Have you seen that? They'll like take they'll take salvia <laughs> and then just like 
bust out of the window and fall to the, fall to the ground. Like it's insane. I, yeah, what? It's, I would not suggest it for for all intents and purposes. Yeah. But not recommended. It was an interesting experience. I will say it's nice to have that frame of reference because there was a moment of clarity in there that I probably was similar to standups as far as life eats life. It's like I, I'm always intrigued by nature, just how it unfolds and the progression. Like it's amazing. Mm. He was talking. Yeah, let's jump over to Tony Hinchcliffe and crack on with the next attack on a celebrity, which is Chappelle. Now, you just saw Chappelle recently, right? I was there two nights before the interaction. That was crazy. Unbelievable. So so what is the story of this guy? He's like some homeless guy that is pronouns and decided that he would potentially stab Dave Chappelle (sighs) to death. They them decided that he was going to – I mean – how did he get in there, first of all? How did he get in there? I went to the show. I don't know. How many phones were there, too? And how many knives were in there? Joe brought up a good point. He's like, how many knives were in there to cut the bags open? If you would have seen these bags, they made you put your phone in. They were pretty, like, advanced. Like, they didn't look like you could, You couldn't just open it. It was, it was not a... You know, I thought of that, too. But it could also be that maybe a few people there had multiple phones. You know, like, some people have a work phone oh, and their regular phone. Saying. And maybe they just put one in the bag, and when it kicked off, they ripped that bitch out. I'm not saying there's going to be a portion of people that will find a way around the security, which obviously they did. The videos were few and far between, relatively speaking. I've only seen a few different angles. But the fact that he did that rushed him. It was a a knife shaped as a gun, like the weirdest thing. Why would you ever (laughs) – the weirdest weapon and the worst-case scenario you could ever think to – try and do to somebody because everybody's going to kill you if they think you have a gun if you have a knife they're still going to kill you but a knife's a little less intrusive than a gun i think yeah i do well they need better security i mean that's there's no way around it like these guys just need decent security he's they're being attacked he brought up a good point as far as hiring like off-duty cops and whatnot because you and i have worked security i understand at these events you get paid what like 20 you you get paid a little bit more than minimum wage but at the end of the day you're just a guy standing around doing a job it's not your incentive is not necessarily there i think they do need like off-duty cops or somebody that has an incentive to be there because otherwise i mean well, you gotta you gotta pay prof- like professional security right. teams for sure. I mean, I've worked in bars and clubs with so many different security guys, and you know, some of them are paying some attention, some of them are just talking to girls, some of them don't give a shit, just want to go home, and then you know, some are even like drinking on the job, <laughs> and that's just like the worst <laughs> case because they're just gonna want to get in fights. Have you, and, have you, I mean, have you it's, had any wild stories as a security guard? Uh, oh yeah, t- yeah, tons of them. I mean, yeah, of just, course. Just... I mean, when I worked in clubs in England um, back in the early two thousands, I mean, there were some wild nights. I worked in Swindon, and Swindon Town can get quite rough. And there would be some. I mean, our first night at this um, a club called the Apartments. It was really nice. It was like three three floors, and uh, we. It was like pretty professionally set up like we wore suits we worked with a good team our team was mostly ex-military guys me and my buddy um ash were not but um you know we were just lucky to get hired there 
and we'd been working at these other bars for like six months so they you know trusted us enough to come to the apartment so there we had headsets on they would have the, these little calls so they would be like um lazy boy on the dance floor <laughs> or lazy boy in the hallway and that meant that it looked like there was some trouble brewing so people had to be ready and then we had another call that was called 1010 and that meant that everybody had to rush to whatever the location was well my oh and they gave us clip-on ties too and at first i didn't know why i was like why why don't we just wear regular ties and the one guy just laughed at me and he's like oh you you'll find out one day i was like all right whatever so my buddy um that i was working with that i grew up with is down on the front of the club just hanging out um letting people in and he's a handsome guy so he was getting a lot of attention and some of the other security guys went down there and were just watching him flirt with everybody and it was quite funny to them what wasn't funny to me is i realized every all the security left the main dance floor where i was and some shit started to go down so i'm like trying to figure out how to use my (laughs) headset thing think i'm like do i push the button is this the button and i was like hey guys lazy boy on the dance floor lazy but no one was coming lazy nobody was coming at all and then a fight broke out and i was like 10 10 on the dance floor 10 10, and nobody still came and i was like this is fucking ridiculous so i had to get in the middle of it and some guy grabs my tie (laughs) pulls it so that he could headbutt me but of course the tie fell off because it was a clip on and he fell straight to the ground and then i was like oh that's why we have these ties yeah and dude then i was right in the middle of it just like headlocking one guy i didn't know what i was doing dude i it was a mess thank god they were so drunk otherwise i would have just got the crap beat out of me it was not fun i not fun at all and by the time everybody got up there it was just a mess of people laying on the floor and me just panicking <laughs> first of Dude. all the only time that i think i could get on board with something like that is if i was wearing a suit and tie and had a headpiece and i could say 10 10 and i thought i'd be like all right um this is a little bit more important than wearing a shirt that says security Second, yeah, second, yeah. <laughs> second well, thing I, to that. I certainly felt like a badass until right. the was, event went down, and then I <laughs> felt like a complete second. Idiot. Second thing that happens, I feel like if that situation unfolds, first thing that goes through my head is I'm taking my tie off and I'm taking this thing out of my ear and I'm going to the bathroom. <laughs> they, they don't pay me. Enough. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, unless all the other homies were down it, there, then I'd be like, all right, let's get in this and we could break it up. But if I'm solo in that situation, I don't think you pay me enough. Dude, if I had known nobody was going to come very quickly, I probably would have done that too. But I was under the impression that people would be on their way real fast, and that was not fair the enough, case. Fair enough. It, it was not the case. I was holding people in a very awkward <laughs> position, laying on the ground, and no one was coming. And I'm like, I don't know what to do now. I don't know what the next move yeah, that's is. That's a wild spot. It was before I did any jujitsu either, so there wasn't even like a cool choke I had or anything. There was just mostly right. panic. And holding on, I to felt people a similar for a, dear a life. smaller sil- sliver of that. But working down here in Venice at Cabo, I remember there was a gang fight that broke out, and this there was like one dude snatched a chain off another dude, and it was a whole thing, probably ten on ten. And I saw a dude pick up a chair, and it was about to, he did smash it over the dude. But I was like, do I do I care about this chair? I had like that thought through my mind and I was like, I don't care about this chair. <laughs> and I just moved out of the way. I was like, they don't pay me enough for this. But it was an interesting moment where I was like, uh, I guess you guys are just going to do what you're going to do. I, don't, I have nothing to do with it. It's a yeah. cheap chair. 
Cheap chair, don't worry about it. Good chairs, you yeah, got to intervene. Fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Heavy, heavy chairs, you got to intervene. Ooh, That's reasonable. I don't think those. I don't think you're picking up a heavy chair too many times, but I agree. That's a good point. What do you, did you <laughs> see? Those he started talking about those immigration. The immigration situation, as far as like how many people get deported and how many people are sneaking over the border or whatever it is. And then he showed that video. I don't know if you had an opportunity to see that, but he showed the video of Mike Pence overlooking all the people that were, like, in cages. Oh, yeah, that was weird. That was a rough sight to see. I mean, and then he was like, we have watchtowers to see. it. Like, That's, like, not humane. I mean, granted, I'm not there. I don't know the circumstance. I don't know how you deal with it, but that is, like, human to human. That is not feasible in my mind. It definitely does sound like some some shitty things are going on when it when it comes to you know how uh people are treated at the right. border for sure and um yeah i just don't i don't really get why it's such a bad thing to let people in like okay you don't want the cartels awful yeah. criminals coming into the country and then committing terrible crimes or setting up gangs and things here obviously that's bad right but there's a lot of people that are just immigrating here for better life i mean shit i immigrated here and my life is better um so what would i don't know can we not afford like a really good um system to get people in it's a good question. Out of curiosity, I mean, I can see it from a lot of like third world countries and obviously Mexico. But coming from your perspective, how how, how and what is better living in the U.S. as, as opposed to UK? Uh, I mean, look, there's more opportunity here for things. There yeah. really is, and and there's like an attitude here where. If you have an idea or you want to start a business, I think Joe talked about this recently with the. Um, an English guy, the reporter that came on a couple right. of weeks ago. What was his name? Murray, that maybe? Dr. Douglas Murray. Yeah, I don't think he was a doctor. Maybe, maybe not. You're right. Anyway, whatever, that guy. And he was. they were talking about attitudes in England and America. And I agree with him. It is something that I've noticed. Like, let's say, you know, let's say we want to start this podcast, right, for example. And then we've got our silly idea for a podcast and we're like, yeah, we're going to make a studio and hopefully one day it can be like something we do, like kind of full time, whatever. You know, a lot of times people in the U.S. will be like, hey, that's a great idea and that's cool. You should do things that you want to do. And if you're passionate about it and work at it and blah, 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 you generally you wouldn't get that kind of encouragement um, in England. I mean, I can't speak for everybody there, obviously, but I noticed it with, like, my family and a lot of my friends. It's like, nah, that's that's stupid. That's going to be too hard. You should just get a regular job. So a little bit that's like that. That's self-reflective, to be honest. There's a lot of enlightening thoughts to at least acknowledge that. It's funny that, I mean, not funny you say that, but that is a weird thing to just think that a whole country has, like, a general mindset of just negativity. I wonder what that stems from, like, what, what you start... It's hard to say if it's like a mindset of negativity. I don't know. Maybe it's a mindset of like practicality, like practic in a practical no, sense. See, I, yeah, I taking big risks and do you know? It's like they're survivors right. over there. That that society's been around thousands. I can of appreciate years. that angle. To be honest. So they're like, hey, do things that work. Do things that we've been right. doing. 
Like, be a carpenter. You always need carpenters. But maybe you can't be a YouTuber or a stand-up comedian. And that's kind of reasonable advice. But for me personally, somebody that likes to try doing odd things that are difficult and probably have a high failure rate, I at least like to be surrounded by people that are encouraging when they do it. Oh, yeah. I think that... That's good. That's a good piece right there, to be honest. I think that you just need to surround yourself with people of the like-mindedness, but I couldn't agree more. That's an interesting trait, you know, because I have heard that multiple times. It's, it's weird. I don't know. I wonder if that has anything to do with the weather. <laughs> it might do. It's raining all the time. Let's go up to Seattle and see if people you, say you, the same you know, thing up there. I just talked to a dude from Seattle recently, and he was... He was like, I'm moving out of there. He's like, it's still the same price, but the weather's the same and nothing, and everything's shut down and it's not the same. I, so I was like, interesting. He's like, the, the cost of living is the same exact out here in California, but he's like, what am I paying for? He's like, everybody's so divided. And I was like, that's an interesting take. I did not know that, but I did know that throughout the pandemic and whatnot, Seattle was definitely under the microscope, more or less similar, similar to oh, LA, dude. you know? Cost of living here in Bozeman is beyond... It doesn't even make really? any sense. It's like you you even go on Zillow to look at renting places, and you know they had like estimated rent on there. the The rent that they want to get for it is double that number, and they're getting it. I th- I, I mean, I, a place I, that says like two thousand will sell for I, four thousand. I think no that's problem. across the board, but definitely it's so interesting. I wonder how Rogan and like Ranella and these episodes are in because like, the places they talk about moving to are Austin and Montana. A lot of the time, a lot of the guests, you, you, you know? Yeah. Well, I'd slow down with the Montana one unless you got a shitload right. of money. Interesting. It, really? It's like so many people have come up here. It's like things have got expensive and, and buying property is really difficult. And even renting places is it's pushing a lot of the locals out because they just won't be able to afford to live in um, Bozeman That's anymore. Wild. I wonder what, I mean, I, I, obviously, yeah. I think that. People are just moving out of major cities at the moment, too. I think that a lot... I don't know. It's a weird time. I still enjoy where I live, but I, I definitely want to visit Bozeman. I, I, it looks beautiful, too, and I've heard multiple people talk about it, so that probably has... A, it certainly uh, is that. I mean, it's it's an incredible place. Where I was out in the river today was just right. unreal. You're looking at these mountains. You can't even believe that this is, like, on planet Earth. It's it's That's, something else. Talking about beautiful things, they were talking about Tony's uh, oh, Corvette. Oh, the way they were talking, the way yeah. they were talking about it. Now I've seen it. I've seen his at the comedy store. He's a black right. one, and he has a he has like a personalized plate too. And I think it says roast. Nice. I no, maybe it doesn't. It says something that's like related to his stand up though. But it's a dope car. It's really really fucking cool looking. And every time I see those, it takes me a second to realize they're not Lamborghinis. That might just be because I'm a bit dumb and I don't, like, see the difference right away. But the new ones are really sharp. I, I think they look like, I don't know if you remember the Acura NSX back in the day. I don't know if you remember that car. But it kind of reminds oh, yeah. me of that car a lot more. Maybe like a Ferrari. But I see the Lamborghini. It's so dope what he was talking about, how it, like, comes up five inches so it avoids scraping and stuff. I'm just like, that is yeah, and it remembers where it needed that to is, do that on that, the GPS or whatever. Bad. I think that's – it's badass. I mean, look, if you've got – I don't know what they cost. I think they're like sixty or 70000 right. maybe. But, I mean, if 
if that's a budget that you have and you've always wanted a supercar, I mean, that's about as close as you need yeah. to get to one. I'm still, t- I, I'm, I mean, I'm still impressive. torn the way that Joe talks about the plaid Tesla. It seems like there's not really a different way to go. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's the most baller of all baller. But, I mean, that's like 140 grand. So, right there, that's two corvettes and you know you're you're missing a lot of uh, fun of a race car when you when it makes no Uh, noise but if yeah if you just want a spaceship (laughs) some part of ocd about me is like that sounds awesome just silent friggin speed (laughs) you know (laughs) i was just in my buddy's s550 benz today and it it went we got up pretty quick cruising down lincoln but i was like i wonder what the tesla's like your face just must be smashed up against the friggin seats i don't know Dude, it's the fastest thing right. ever made. I mean, by quite a long way. I mean, uh, just, it's unbelievable. It doesn't even make any sense. I would love to go for a ride in a plaid Tesla. Right. If anyone yeah, out there has rock. one, uh, just let me know, and I'll yeah. come visit let's, you. And let, you can let's drive let's rock that out while you're out here in L.A. Um, mm-hmm. What was I going to say? I, oh, I guess our, our Zoom meeting uh, time expired. Maybe we should stop being cheap asses and pay the right. no, five no. bucks a month so we can talk to each We're other We're both longer. getting Corvettes, so we'll get somewhere. Uh, yeah. Oh, we are? Getting Corvettes uh, now. What do you think? What do you think? Uh, all right, let's jump over. Well, I wanted to Go talk on. about him talking about kicking, kicking, the, kicking somebody compared to golf. Just That was one thing I want to talk about, how much difficulty was in that. And he was so passionate about it, but I—that's I, a weird. Have you ever played golf? No, I mean I've swung a club. I know it takes. It, look, it takes a shit ton of practice and proficiency to get really good right. at golf. But if you're just talking about driving balls from a driving range, yeah. I mean, I was kind of smashing them pretty hard by the end of that first day. Now they weren't going anywhere near where I wanted right. them to go. But they were going a long distance away from my body. So I was like, all right, well, I at least can hit a thing. But Joe's talking about a person in front of you that's avoiding you kicking them and you're kicking them. I mean, I guess it depends what kind of kick you're using because some are more complicated than others. I mean, he likes to do that wheel (sighs) kick where he spins around and kicks them. I mean, people can move. And then you've just put a lot of power into nothing. It's very complicated no, emotion. He, he made a very good argument. I was going to say that <laughs> I think he pretty much shut down the golf argument. Trying to kick something that's moving is different than trying to kick a station or hit something stationary. You can figure that out. But I do see that the conversation is worth having. There's probably an argument both ways, right? I'm sure if you're in a room with a bunch right. of golfers you'd feel like you lost your kicking argument and vice versa. So That's a true story. <laughs> true story, yeah. So Radio Raheem, now he's Dave's friend. I guess he was there the day of right. that attack. He was pretty upset and frustrated, and he brought up something really interesting um, that you know kind of really wasn't talked about. Like Dave could have oh, died. So instead of this just being this funny right. thing that everyone's like, well, that was, that was crazy, right. huh? No, it could be like morning right. Dave Chappelle today. And I think that's something I, that people should really think about in regards to the safety of these people because this wasn't a Chris Rock slap. Absor- this I, was an attempted murder I in a sense. That. I mean, think about John Lennon. Think about all kinds of people that have been in the limelight that have passed away like that. Well, I mean, 
not to say it'd be fitting at all. And I, <laughs> I love Dave, but I, dude, I, I, when he brought that conversation up, that thought definitely went through my mind. It'd be naive to say otherwise because, uh, what a weird time too. Like it seems like every event is escalating the next event. Like, you know what I mean? In in some weird, co- I don't know, cosmic way. But it's like they saw the Will Smith thing, and then all of a sudden that happens, and then. Hopefully we nipped the bud, nipped it in the bud when you saw that dude's arm like completely jacked up. You're like, all right, hopefully people will be like, we shouldn't do that. But, jeez, that's not a deterrent. You don't think? Like people that are like lunatics? No, they're not going to look at that beat up guy and think, oh, I'm not going to do the murder I was planning because of that. the, that's not the way to yeah. fix it. The way to fix it is to get better security. So do, do we think period. that he – what are your thoughts? I mean, we don't know. We weren't there in the moment, but I guess it's not even worth speculating on to be like, do we really think you tried to kill him? I don't know. So He, he had a knife. knife. and he. But it seemed like he it – It was his plan, I think. I think he posted something on Twitter mm. saying, like, Dave God. is next or something yep. like this. I mean, it wasn't good. If you go somewhere with a plan to attack somebody and you happen to have a particular weapon, I think it's safe to assume you were planning on using right. that weapon at some point. You knew the consequences prior to, that's for sure. You weren't just uh, hopefully you weren't just trying to make a spectacle because Jesus, what a it makes my makes my heart well, beat fast just thinking about it like uh The problem is we look at it like it was us making that right. choice, right? And if it was, then, you know, you would think about things like we think about all our choices, which ultimately don't lead us to wanting to kill people. So when it comes to this guy, to think that he sat there really contemplating, you know, all the ins and outs of what this means and what the impact is and how he'll get in trouble, I I doubt he got that far. Yeah. (laughs) That's a good point. Uh, I don't know. That's a, like, like you said. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously got some mental issues. At the end of the day, so. <sighs> well, I mean, they they bring up things like government overreach, right? So, in, in another stance of this, it's like <clears throat> if you take somebody that did that at the airport, mm-hmm. right? That like rushed someone on a plane or a TSA, and they had those mm-hmm. weapons. Well, the government immediately changes all the protocols immediately they talked about the the shoe bomber right. or whatever it's like one person tries to yeah, blow up yeah, their shoes yeah. one time and now everyone takes their shoes off for right. all of time and that you know i guess that what i'm saying is there's some sort of balance right. here it's like yeah there's no protection for dave Chappelle at this place he gets attacked right after the will smith, um, will smith right. does and you know Nobody says, well, let's make guarantee that we have the best security. And in the other side of it, it's like something happens 20 years ago on a plane, and then we've got to just go through this rigmarole forever. It's like old right. ladies have to take their shoes off at the airport. Oh, man, yeah. it's Come on. <laughs> well, it's, 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 it's that... I don't know what how you describe that, man. It's it's so fitting with so many issues right now, too, even with the mass thing. Like, we've talked about that a million times. It's the same idea. It's just this, like, thought process that you need to think for yourself, and we need to adapt that from, a, a like, a larger level. Like, we need to, like, start adapting some logic and start acknowledging. But, I mean, you can't think for yourself about 
the shoes. Right, they make right. you no, take no, them no, off. Right, you don't have a choice. Right. But the yeah. Well, my point is, is we need to maybe start rectifying some of these behaviors and acknowledge that. I mean, you know. Yeah, I mean, th- this just comes back to the state right. of the news, though. It's like, okay, well, first we have to get good information from news sources that right. we trust, so that as a nation, people can start to kind of put these good ideas together and then reforms can come from it but it doesn't seem to work that way at all i mean they brought up john stewart on the daily show and how that was probably the best most useful news that existed and now he doesn't do it anymore that's where it's like that's where i got all my news growing up to be honest like i look back on that that's 100 percent. it is weird he's got real real left but either way He's amazing, and he comes from a caring place all the time. It's just a weird thing to be attached to certain ideas, but I think... I, yeah, even the Colbert. I always thought the Colbert report was really oh, fucking love, good, I, too. He should have stayed li- doing that. He's so much I mem- better. I remember listening that. to his book. It was like four CDs. I, I listened to that like on a road trip, just consecutive. It was great. He's so smart. He's so well said, too. It's weird watching a guy get... Joe hasn't knocked him down, but he said that he got caught up in the machine, more or less, which when you're seeking money and you want to be successful, it's a weird thing to have to be caught up. Joe's in an interesting spot where he gets to, he's like a one of a kind that gets to say what he wants to say and people still support it, you know? Like the vast majority of folks have to choose a side. That's the thing. It's like, it's unfortunate. I did appreciate Joe talking about his kind of evolution as a person. Like, I don't think I've ever heard him really talk about that as far as when he was talking about being upset with people being lazy in his early 20s, like, I could kind of relate to that. Like, but at the same time, I needed to look internally and be like, I, because you can see it in yourself, you know what I mean? That's what he talked about. It. Something just resonated when he said that. It was, you get frustrated with people being lazy because, you know, that's a possibility that you might be doing or you you might explore, you know? Mm. Well, he said he was hypercritical right. of people early right. in life and was always looking for their weaknesses to exploit them because I guess he was trying to find his own. And in some ways, that's probably a a fairly useful reflection. But in a young person with a lot of energy and aggression, it can probably make you quite argumentative. And, and, I mean, a lot of judgment as well generally is... Is not great because you'll t- you'll have a tendency to just judge people too quickly. But saying that, I mean, this was in his twenties right. when right. he was doing this, and he's also developed into the man that he is today, which is a very trusted individual with a really good right. outlook on himself and other people. And m- maybe that's part of Absolutely. the process. Maybe he had to do that to to reach those other parts. You know, we're not born like a completed thing. We have to learn as we go. I love the way he talks about failure and loss. And he's like, it doesn't define you. It's an opportunity to to be resilient. Like, and those are good times to just be self-reflective. Like the way he's talked about that is so... I don't even know if inspiring is the right word or motivating. You don't need to have some word attached. It just seems natural. Like you don't necessarily need to approach loss as negative. Be like, all right, this is a fresh time to start something new. Like easier said than done. In, uh, like in the moment, but that's always going to be retrospect. You just like if you're going through hell, man. You got to just keep going. A lot of the time, I think that that's. 
that's vital to a successful life. Like uh, we're learning that and it's a daily process. I don't necessarily know that I've ever heard him make reference to that. So it was kind of just like it hit, it hit a chord with me hearing him say that. Cause it was like, it's nice to be so self-reflective and I can look back on my twenties and stuff. We all say in my twenties, da, 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 but I feel like that was like a, a good thing. And he talked about how martial arts kind of like helped facilitate a good angle for him to channel that, like that energy. You know what I mean? He's like, you don't necessarily had to like me. He's like, I just wanted to be a winner and not a loser. And I was like, dude, <laughs> I get where you're coming from. Cause you don't, ha- I mean, as long as you're in the pursuit of winning, you're a winner. But if you just accept loss, you're a loser. I mean, that's kind of what I grasp from that. Yeah. I mean, that is reasonable. I think you just have to be careful going down that winner route because it can make you pretty, you know, unempathetic and not really give a shit about other people, just yourself and succeeding, which can turn into something fairly ugly as well. So there's definitely a balance in that. But yeah, who wants to be a loser? Like nobody does. That's where probably the biggest amount of depression in humans come from. Is just that thought about themselves. I I mean, yeah, and we always go back to exercise and consistency and all these words, but it's so true, man. It's like, don't accept loss. Never accept loss. I mean, use it as a use it as a tool to get better. I think is 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 the name of the game. You know, we're all doing it. It's a daily process. You know. Right. Well, it's like try your best to remind yourself that a failure doesn't necessarily mean right. you suck. It just meant that you didn't get it right or it wasn't meant to right. be. And just watch your own process. Like, did you put enough right. time in? Did you work hard enough with it? Did you plan well enough? Did you practice enough? You know, did you do enough right. homework? I mean, oftentimes you'll find something in there in that process that you could improve on and just focus on that and then see if the outcome is different and and keep yeah. trying. I think it's just the quitting of things, which is, which is really bad. It's like you get a failure and you just and stop. You, and if you notice that pattern in your life, it, you know, it's a really good, I mean, I've had it for sure lots of times, but I try to identify it and then go, ah, shit. Yeah. I've been quitting a lot of these things. I really should go back and find out why that's I, happening and, and see if I can I just fix saw it. A, a meme recently that was kind of hit home, but it was like, if, if you try and you fail, you did more than like 99% of people because you tried. But the idea that like you can at least have a like look back and be like, I failed, then you can build on that. People appreciate failures. People appreciate humility. People appreciate learning from your from other experiences and getting better because of it. There's no map or code of how to do this life we're all just kind of moving through it figuring it out so it's like loss and failure are building blocks in that process i think oh for sure and i mean on on top of that you know it goes back to what radio was saying about joe how he's like diversified right. his career because he doesn't in some ways trust just one thing right. to work so he has multiples and you know he kind of fell into right. some of them and didn't expect them to pay off, but it, like all his strategy, he keeps right. working at it, got better at it, and it right. and it worked. Uh, but then also talking about kind of not that Joe is a doomsday right. prepper, but he's like prepared. He knows how to hunt. He knows how to get food. <laughs> he thinks about what would happen if the right. power goes out. I mean, at the end of the day, it's like an overall not really trusting other people 
than himself to keep shit Dude. moving. And there's something I, to that, man. I'm, I mean, people often sit back. I know we did it in L.A. We just sat there. COVID came. And we're like, oh, the government can take care of it. And then we just watched the state completely destroy itself. And we're like, I'm oh, so, shit. They can't do it at all. I'm so glad he illuminated that point and you brought that up. It's I'm a I'm a piece in the cog too but i like the idea that i now that now i'm gonna think about it and i have thought about it but hearing him say that definitely provides a new light and a new perspective on it because we all need to be thinking about that we all need to embrace that that's not just like a him thing we can't just be like all right there's a few people doing that like now that we have that information it's our responsibility to be like all right if we all are thinking this the the fucking people at the top aren't going to have as much power because there's not going to be as many sheep just running around. People are going to be questioning things and looking at stuff and wondering why and asking valid questions that provide, like, we're all just kind of moving through. Like, I think you made a good analogy right there. During COVID, the government will figure it out, and everybody's just showing up to work with their cup of coffee sitting by the cooler theoretically or metaphorically doing the same shit. It's like, we don't know if a solar flare hits. When he brought that up, I was like, oh, shit, that's a good point. I think that it's the. <laughs> yeah, I mean, think about your situation. If the power went out right now, this second, and all the power's gone, like, what are your moves? <laughs> like, I know what I do. Like, half of the people I know up here have generators. Half of everyone else is a hunter, so they've probably got like three years worth right. of food, and you know everyone, and they know how to get right. more of it. And the survival factor up here would be incredibly high. Like plans would be in place fairly quickly and, you know, stuff would start moving. But you're right in the middle of Venice. Uh, I mean, dude, to be honest, you'd be fucked. I'm resilient. I'd figure it out. But. (laughs) Dude, give it a week. You'd be eating people in the street. I would come up with a plan, obviously. We'd come up with a plan. First and foremost, we diagnose the situation and see what I, I want to bring this up about. Now that you're mentioning this, that liver king situation, that guy's bounced back on Rogan and said he's all natty. Well, so you can say whatever I, he well, wants. Let's see yeah, some well, testing. Let's send him over to USADA. I think and see that's what, he a, comes that's what back we should as. do. I think that's a reasonable explanation because you can't just say, he, well, he did. And to his credit, he goes, I appreciate Joe mentioning me. He's like, I'd love to come on the show someday. He, they must have a. PR, he, he he was appreciative of it. It was great the way he said it, to be honest. He was like, I've never done that, but I appreciate him reaching out. He approached it pretty eloquent. I got to give him credit. Yeah, I mean, Joe wasn't being cruel. Not cruel. You know? He was just like, this guy looks ginormous, <laughs> you, and anyone that looks that big probably I does. I follow him on Instagram, and he every day is posting some intense workouts that would justify him looking the way he does so i i hear what joe's saying but if he's truly living the lifestyle that he is like it's a possibility that he could live look and live that way dude he's an unusual size I, no matter how I, hard I, I agree. work out so he's either massively genetically gifted and it's which all, is a and possibility it could be. i, I don't know i'm not i'm not taking a stand right. here either way but it's also like he's ginormous like I just like to believe that <laughs> it's that would be the biggest dude at the gym I like by to, far. Maybe you can do it that way, but I, I've I don't seen know. him take like fifty shots of blood. Like not that that makes him big. It is a weird thing. It's a weird thing, but who knows? I I I, 
Dude, I, I think I think you're under his I, I Instagram think spell. Hey, like hey, 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 let me stand back. I say, let's send him over to Usada. That's I think Joe should just fire back with that. That's fair. Let's fire. That's that's yeah. That. Then we can solve the problem, right? That's that makes sense. Let's get some uh, P test going. I mean, that would be a super ballsy right. move for him and if. He, if he is natural. I'd want to prove that as hard 100%. as I could. And to say, oh, why should he have to prove it that's, just because someone that's called dumb, him out? That's a dumb argument. Well, that's a dumb argument. Let's just prove it. But, <laughs> yeah, but it's but like, well, but this is kind of right. who you are. You're a guy that doesn't look like you're, right. you are natural, but you're selling this natural idea of in, in, whatever it is. That raw, said. Bull that said, he doesn't look like a dude that's roided up trying to be in like bodybuilding competitions. He's just jacked. Like he looks in. Uh, yeah. yeah, but there's levels to how much you take. I mean, it's not like you're right, on it or you're not, and you're Mister Olympia right. size or you're not. You can take like low right, dose. Let's, just, let's get, and get. Let's give him massive. a shout out, Liver King. Let's send you over to Osada and let's put it to rest. <laughs> All right, challenges. Challenges out there. <laughs> <laughs> my god he's like listening to this like okay I mean, that's it what? rogan said it now that's, these idiots i'll, I'll do like it that's fair all right well that's it for this week i hope you guys enjoyed it thank you so much for listening as always check out our website all the links in the bio follow garrett on instagram and you can watch his um you know raw <laughs> diet ball eating shit a lot of lot, lot of lot, lot of ball eating a lot, a lot of push-ups. Of push but, yeah, thank you guys so much, and we'll hey, see pe- you next peace week. Peace and love, Later. guys. Peace.